2: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss.
3: Oh my goodness me! What a fantastic goal! What a goal! That is absolutely superb! Huge cheers go up around Emirates Stadium.
2: Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Weekly Podcast for the week of Monday the 4th of December 2017. I'm your host Russell Hargreaves. Coming up on today's show, the new Arsenal women's manager Joe Montemuro talks about his move to the club. We look at the letter K in the A to Z of Arsenal and as ever Adrian Clark previews our trip to St Mary's at the chalkboard. But let's kick off by looking back at another double Premier League week with Arsenal commentator Dan Roebuck.
4: Let's hear from another Arsenal insider on the Arsenal weekly podcast.
2: Well, Dan now joins us to look back at another double week of action, starting on Wednesday evening, of course, against Huddersfield Town, one of Arsenal's best attacking performances of the season so far. Here's a quick reminder.
3: Going to be interesting, certainly, to see uh, how Huddersfield approach this game. Let's see what Mesut Ozil can do now. It's with Alex Lacazette, infield for Uh, Lacazette again, inside the area, looking to finish and does. Three minutes old and Arsenal have the advantage. It is Alex Lacazette. Great flick from Urzal for Kalasinac. Alexis, Urzal. Giroud! That is sensational! Beautiful goal. Fantastic goal from Arsenal to finally get the second. Now, Arsenal coming forward again. Giroud looking again. Alexis! From inside the six-yard box thereabouts. The Chilean makes it three. He's through towards us or might get one himself here! Yes, he does! <laughs> Two assists, one goal. Another sparkling man-of-the-match performance from a world-class performer. Kolasinac, angle of the box, chips it forward, looks for Wilshere, cleared away. Kolasinac again, still going, and the finish into the back of the net. Well, Giroud will fire home. Kolasinac did all the hard work. He did. But Arsenal do have a fifth. Done some cracking
2: goals there against the Terriers and uh, a real good feel-good factor after that match.
5: I thought he was a sensational performance, really enjoyable. I thought that Huddersfield contributed to it, certainly in the early stages, and I know there was an early goal for the Gunners, but I thought they battled well, they entertained, and then in the end, and I think we've seen this with Huddersfield over the course of the last few games, they've really struggled on their travels. They've only scored, what is it, goals in the first weekend of the season away Uh, from the John Smith Stadium. They struggled and then Mesut Ozil took over and he was simply sensational, wasn't he? One of the best performances I've seen from an Arsenal player. Yes, it was against a promoted side, but every single thing, that he did came off. It was thoroughly enjoyable. We got a Giroud on the school seat sheet as well. Lots and lots of positives from the Huddersfield game.
2: And for the ongoing detractors who are still out there, is Mesut Ozil finally putting bed to these questions about his form and his overall credentials, I wonder, with a great goal, as you say, and two assists too?
5: Yeah, two assists. He set up Giroud for Giroud's first and our second, which sort of put paid to Huddersfield and he also set up Alexis N'ini for the goal that came just a couple of minutes later before getting one himself. I I, I think everyone knows that Mesut Ozil is a fantastic player, a world-class player. Uh, Pundits get on his back when he doesn't perform, but by and large he does. He's had a fantastic season this year. He is getting to the heights that we saw when he first came to the club. He had a bit of a dip last year. We all know that, but look, he's a brilliant player and he would get, I think, into any side in the Premier League, pretty much any side on the continent for me.
2: Now, Dan, you've mentioned Giroud a couple of times in passing. They're back in Premier League action after doing well in Arsenal's various cup teams. Um, I wonder whether he'll have a big role to play over the festive period, given how many games the Gunners have got.
5: Well, it's interesting, isn't it? Because we thought that he was going to play against Manchester United because we thought and we were told, we were led to believe, that Alex (laughs) Lacazette wasn't going to start... And Olivier Giroud, when he came on against Huddersfield, he obviously gives Arsenal something a little bit different. He's a fantastic goalscorer, as we know. And I think that squad rotation is going to be key. And I know we've seen it when it comes to Europa League and the Carabao Cup over the course of this year. But as you've alluded to, the games are more important in terms of Carabao Cup because it's a quarter final against West Ham. And we've got an awful lot of Premier League games as well. He hasn't started the Premier League games so far this campaign. He still managed to score three in the league. He's been scoring in Europa League uh, as well. So I think that he is going to be key. And it's the way the boss revolves his side, not just with Giroud, but with Welbeck, with Wilshere, with Iwobi, maybe one or two others as well. We're waiting for Theo to come back uh, to full fitness after illness. So the fact that the game's come thick and fast in December, we know that Olivier is going to be key to us. And so what I'm really pleased about as well is don't hear any anything coming out of uh, the club that, you know, he's disappointed he's not starting games. I think that obviously the boss is sat him down because we know he could have gone to Everton and someone said, look, you will be involved. You're going to get all these games. You're going to get a go. Don't worry because it's a World Cup year for France and he's key to France. And he's accepted that. Uh, and I think there's only... A couple of players now in the entire history of the Premier League that have scored more goals after coming on as a sub, and I think they are Canu and Jermaine Defoe. I think that Olivier's got the same as Oliver and Solskjaer. And he is Arsenal's best substitute, as we found out over the years. So he's going to be key to Arsenal's fortunes over the course of the next month.
2: Some later-in-the-season brain of Arsenal trivia, if I ever heard it there. So, Dan, thank you very much for that. I shall lock and load that ready when I go toe-to-toe with Clarkie. Um, let's go on to the weekend. And you know what? Arsenal just played so well, didn't they? We'll talk about defensive lapses in a moment, but the wider performance, raining shots in on Man United, De Gea making saves left, right and centre, Woodburn being splattered left, right and centre. What a game, and what a frustration not to get something from it.
5: Hugely frustrating. I'm with the boss on this one. Because, and the boss could easily take the easy way out. Because he's come out and said we need to be more efficient. We need to be more ruthless in front of goal. Yes, he's frustrated and he came out with that. But he could easily just, you know, lean on this crutch and say we were the better side. We deserve to win. You know, we had all the chances. De Gea made the, the record amount of saves that he made, and, and not just the easy saves. There were some sensational saves from De Gea. But he was pretty honest. Uh, you know, post-match saying, look, you know, when we get into situations like this, we have got to score. Arsenal were the better side. No doubt about that. How we've lost that game 3-1, I've got no idea. We have so many opportunities, really big opportunities. It is incredibly frustrating. There's Ozil play well. To a man, Arsenal play well. Yes, we had those de- uh, defensive lapses early on, and it made the game a little bit different from a Manchester United point of view. The stats, I think, are skewed a little bit. If it had been nil-nil after 15 minutes, I don't think it would have been 75% possession or whatever it was to Arsenal uh, in the end. And 25 to Manchester United, it would have been tighter. But we've got to take our chances. And we have got to stop you know, giving opposition chances like we did in the first 15 minutes. Mistakes from Koscielny, mistakes from Mustafi. Uh, letting uh, Valencia and then Lingard score. You know, that was the disappointing thing. And we, we've got to learn to be more ruthless in front of goal. Lacazette's been brilliant this season, seven goals, eight goals, whatever it is in the Premier League. And, you know, he's he's had the chances to win the game. You know, Ramsey's had chances. Alexis has had chances. We've hit the bar. It is massively frustrating. I don't... And I was speaking to Stephen Hughes on Co commentary She said, well, you know, how... How do you get more efficient in front of goal? Is it just practice? Is it training ground? Is it attitude? Whatever it is, and he didn't really give me an answer, <laughs> that's, what, that's, that's what we've got to be. We can't, we can't lean back on, we were the better side, we should have won. We've got to move forward and be more ruthless when we're on top as we were in games such as that in the future.
2: And when we fast forward to what lies ahead, you look at Arsenal, yes, they got Barty Borisov in Europa League on Thursday, but when we look back to the Premier League, it's Southampton away, West Ham away, Newcastle at home, back to back to back. Yes, there's history against all of those teams, but ostensibly they're games that Arsenal should win and should get right back into much healthier again in the league.
5: You'd like to think so. David Hillier said to me that December is, going to be looked upon uh, regarding two games, the one at the start and the one at the end or towards the end. The one at the start is obviously Manchester United. The one towards the end is Liverpool. Those are the two key games in terms of where we stand in top four because it's going to be a real battle for top four. Manchester City look to be away and gone. They keep scrambling these wins. Um, but yeah, Southampton away. There is a bit of history there, as we know. Southampton, by all accounts, was a better side against uh, Bournemouth the other day, but didn't manage to win. West Ham held City for long periods and will take a little bit from that. They're still waiting for their first win under David Moyes. Newcastle at home like to think that Arsenal will win that one. And we've got that West Ham-Carabao Cup game before uh, Palace and West Brom after Liverpool. But yeah, there is a real opportunity to get back into the top four. I think that it's it looks to me like it's going to be a battle for one place. Liverpool, Arsenal, and Tottenham. I'd like to say that Arsenal are going to be close to get. I mean, Chelsea have won eight of their last ten in all competitions. They, they have gone massively under the radar at the moment. They beat Manchester United recently, so it's going to be a scramble for top four. But yeah, we've got a big opportunity to make sure that we're in the mix going into the new year.
2: Dan, appreciate your time and thank you very much indeed for rounding up events on the Arsenal Weekly podcast, sir.
5: My pleasure. Thanks for us speaking to. You.
2: Joe Montemuro has taken over as the Arsenal women's team manager. He's joined from Melbourne Star FC and spoke to us about his hopes for the season and Joe's journey so far.
6: So, Joe, welcome to the club. How does it feel to be the Arsenal manager? Look, without
4: using uh, the common clichés, I suppose uh, honoured, privileged. Um, It's uh, it's an amazing uh, opportunity and uh, I'm looking forward to the journey.
6: And it's a big step to swap Australia for England, both in football and in lifestyle. Yeah, look.
4: uh, I think look, football's, I suppose, a a global, a global family, uh, and uh, wherever you're, uh, you're asked to go, and it's the right opportunity. You obviously take that opportunity, and uh, and obviously being at uh, you know a great, great organisation and club like like Arsenal is uh, is was was a pretty easy decision for me. Um, Yeah, the distance is uh, is what it is. Australia's a long way away, but. um, I think uh, to, to, uh, to be involved at the highest level, you have to be at the best clubs and, uh, you know, you make the, the decisions according, that, according to that. So, um, you know, as I said, I'm, I'm just honoured and privileged to be here. The, the thing that really, really hit me uh, from the start was uh, uh, it's a real people's club. I came here uh, for a couple of days before I got the got the job. um, Obviously, to to meet and greet and see, and uh, that was the the thing that really really stuck out that they care about their people, they care about uh, uh, what they uh, what what they stand for and the ethos of uh, of 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 the club. And that was that was the real. It was really evident without without speaking of football. I'm an Arsenal fan, so uh, you know I've been an Arsenal fan all my life. So uh, obviously, the footballing part of it—it suits the way I believe football should be played, and that's a a proactive, possession-based game. And uh, and uh, and hopefully, you know, uh, we can we can bring that forward in the in the women's team also.
6: You mentioned that you're an Arsenal fan. So what's that like now to be the manager of the women's team?
4: Bit surreal. A bit surreal. Um, I, I sort of, I look at, you know, that I'm wearing the badge and, uh, and, and here and, uh, and, and seeing the legends and the people and uh, it's, uh, it's, it's very surreal actually. Um, I'm sort of still coming down from the, from the high but um, uh, so uh, I, 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 it's, it's a little bit, I can't explain it. It's, it's really difficult to explain but uh, I think surreal is the right word.
6: How would you say you've evolved as a manager over the years?
4: um yeah very good question um i think you're always evolving i think there's never a there's never a time where you think uh, that's it Uh, i've made it as a manager so you learn every day you learn um uh, you learn to 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 pick up little details little things that you can do better and i think uh, i think the the biggest thing in in management is to be is to be very humble to be very humble and uh and probably the, the most important thing is to care about your players and really get to know your players, really get to understand how they work, uh, really get to understand how they work within the group dynamics. Um, uh, and I think probably yeah, probably those, those are the two things, uh, evolving always, learning and, uh, and really being a, a players coach, I think,
6: uh, is, has been uh, very, very important. How will your previous experiences help you during your time here in England?
4: Yeah, look, you, uh, you, always, uh, you always pick up little bits and pieces. Uh, you always pick up... Uh, um, there's always a learning process in, uh, in, in coaching. Um, and, uh, and, look, I think uh, managing groups, managing big-name players um, are things that, uh, that, that come through experience. And, and I think they're, they're probably the major areas uh, that, that I think I can bring, uh, bring to, uh, to the game here.
6: We have World Cup winners, Olympic gold medal winners and European Championship winners in our squad. How excited are you to work with these players?
4: Oh, uh, amazing. Amazing from uh, from the point of view, a to be, to be able to work with them, but also I can learn a lot. I can learn a lot and grow as a coach and grow as a, grow as a person, uh, you know, being around such successful uh, athletes and, um, you know, there's they're some amazing role models for not only not only women's sport, but sport in general um, in, in this group. And I think uh, it's an actual, again, a, 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 an amazing opportunity to, to really do some amazing things.
6: And you've joined Midway through the season. So what are your ambitions for this campaign?
4: Well, look. Uh, there's obviously the uh, the goals to achieve in in, uh, in winning trophies and winning games. Uh, that that doesn't uh, that doesn't go without saying. Um, uh, but it's also important to to stamp uh, and and continue the way that uh, we want to play. I think uh, the football, uh, the way we want to play, uh, the uh, the brand, the identity of Arsenal is very very important, and I really want to make sure that that comes out. Uh, that you know, when you when you come and watch a game, that it's uh, it's it's beautiful to watch. It's, it's pleasing on the eye, and on also winning games.
7: The A.
1: Pashavi! To Z. Or oh, Charlie George, you can hit him. Oh, look, he's gone! Burkett has <laughs> found Pires. Pires towards O'Reilly.
9: You have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more
0: than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
10: When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance.
2: K is for Kanu, an invincible who joined us from Inter Milan back in 1999 and gained cult hero status by doing this
1: at Stamford Bridge. Dixon. Over Mars. It was a shot, but Kanu's turned it into a goal for him! Well, there might be a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel here. For Arsenal. Over Mars. Kanu! He's got his second! And it's 2-2. Well, Arsenal have been on the rack for much of this game. But now they've found some firepower. Fede. And it's charged down by Kanu. Uh, and Ed de Gou is out of his goal. And what's Kanu going to do here? It's an amazing hat-trick. It's turned the game on its head. Well, it looked impossible. But not for the Nigerian. A hat-trick for Kanu. K
2: is also for one of Kanu's invincible teammates, Martin Keown. In two spells with us, he amassed 449 appearances, winning three league titles, three FA Cups and a European Cup Winners' Cup.
7: Well, when you come to a club um, at the age of sort of 13, and very, and somebody bungs you a, a, a mop and a brush and asks you to go and clean out the dressing rooms, and and you're in there. Uh, There's a very conscious feeling of all the great players that have played for that club before you, and it, and and to be doing those jobs and fit is a privilege, and then, you 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 feel that the club's a part of you in some way, and um, I could almost, when I was in the sort of dressing room area, the passageway at the old club there. I could almost hear the voices of the players gone before. I just felt an eerie kind of like, this is me, this is, this is where I belong, um, and this is my club. And every time I pulled on an Arsenal shirt, I felt complete. And when I went to other clubs and I put something else on, it was almost like, a, what on earth am I wearing? It just didn't feel right. Um, and that's how I felt in an Arsenal shirt. And I took that onto the pitch with me. Um, and you know, there were good days, there were bad days. There were days when you didn't feel like 100%, but, um, you know, I, I, I'd like to think, all in all, I gave everything for this club.
2: And finally, K is for one of Martin's successors in our backline, Koscielny. Laurent joined us from Lorient in the year 2010, and as well as being outstanding at the back in terms of his leadership and defensive quality, he scored a few key goals as well.
3: Well, the last corner kick from this side. Spread some panic inside that West Brom penalty area. Didn't amount to a goal, but a close shave, and Percy hangs it up. The keeper's in big trouble, and Arsenal have taken the lead. Kocielny, the goal scorer, and Percy hung up the corner. There was confusion inside the six-yard box, and once again, fuller was caught short, and Arsenal are back in front here. A big, big goal.
5: Kocielny, the scorer
3: in by Cots headed on and it's a chance and it's in! Laurent Koscielny has got the opening goal for the Gunners, is that the goal that sends him into the Champions League next season? All that swings it in, Sani is in there and there's the equaliser from Laurent Koscielny, it's Arsenal two, hole two! It took a slight deflection but Koscielny was in the way of McGregor, and he did enough to, to divert the ball into the net.
9: Chalkboard with Adrian
2: Clark.
8: Adrian Clark joins me at the
2: Chalkboard. Clark, you're looking a bit cold this morning. Well, it
8: is cold, isn't it? So, uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm coated up for, uh, for today's episode. But unlike me, you haven't
2: fallen in the shower and managed to pull a calf muscle where you're hobbling around.
8: <laughs> it's an age thing, mate. <laughs> I know,
2: nearly 40 and now starting to do things like that. It is not good. Anyway, one man who was far from fumbling over the weekend was David De Gea. So our question on the Chalkboard, after De Gea's heroics, what's the best performance you've seen by an opposition player against the
8: Arsenal? <laughs> First of all, how did Steve McManaman not give man of the match to David De Gea on, on the TV coverage here in the UK? Um, you go to Jesse Lingard, who was really good, but if ever that was the, there was a blatant man of the match, it was David De Gea, 10 out of 10 for me, sensational. That is up there, I have to say, as one of the greatest individual performances against Arsenal at Emirates Stadium. Um, of the others that, that have come to mind... Uh, 2009, Cristiano Ronaldo in the Champions League for Manchester United scored an absolute world. He scored two goals, destroyed Arsenal in a the, in the Champions League semi-final, I think it was, um, here at Emirates Stadium. It, it was phenomenal. Didier Drogba, I remember, scored a double here, I think, in, this, uh, in 2009 as well. He was always a thorn in Arsenal's side, of course. And more recently, I would say Fraser Forster, a couple of years ago for Southampton, yes. goalless draw. It was a one-man show, um... So, yeah, it is often the goalies that, that frustrate frustrate the Gunners, but, yeah, Ronaldo and Drogba also spring to mind.
2: OK, thank you for your thoughts on that, Clarky. So, we fast-forward to the weekend, and it's a trip to Southampton. I still think back to a couple of years ago when... Arsenal had a really tough festive game there that kind of derailed a title challenge. It's a different situation this time, isn't it? But hopefully Arsenal will go there and, and previous history will be on the positive side.
8: Yeah, look, it has been a bogey ground, but, but last season it was OK. You know, went there in the cup and, and spanked them. It was not a problem. Um, I think it's a different Southampton now. I don't see as many danger men. They've always had one or two really special players i.e. Sadio Mane, somebody like that, before that, Lallana, play, players of that ilk. At the moment, no-one really frightens me, and I know that you know, I could easily you know, eat my words come, come next day. but no-one really frightens me for Southampton. I think Charlie Austin's probably the, the pick of their bunch at the moment. For, um, that, for me, Southampton have become a nice team. Um, they play pretty football, but I don't know if they've got that, that ruthless edge anymore.
2: Yeah, Austin has really found some form now. He's fully fit. One player that I commentated on a few weeks ago was Sofian Bouffat when he took the ball yes. around the entire, pretty much, West Brom team <laughs> and scored. I mean, that was nice. Well, he,
6: he
8: is a player of, of real ability. It's I think at this stage of his career, he's a one-in-ten guy in terms of producing that man-of-the-match display. Hopefully that won't be against us, but but he's certainly got the ability. Um, look, Dusan Talic has, has got talent, um, but... I, they're just not producing it. Nathan Redmond is another who's got the ability. Um, Pep's had a word. Yeah, yeah, that was very strange, wasn't it? Um, but he, he's got a lot of talent, Nathan Redmond, uh, and can make things happen, but doesn't score enough goals.
2: And go back to Fraser Forster, funnily enough, by his lofty standards, a poor season so far, but again, commentating on midweek on the Southampton City game where Saints could have easily got something and were undone in the last minute... He was excellent and made, again, a string of saves. I
8: think he's actually coming back into form. Yeah, it's not good timing. Um, Fraser Forster has had a really poor 18 months, in my opinion. I think he's he's a, been a shadow of the keeper that he was. Um, but, yeah, he's had two good games on the spin because he, he was decent against Bournemouth as well, as well last time out. So, yeah, look, maybe he's coming into form. I still see some obvious flaws in Fraser Forster's game. I just don't think he is going to replicate the form that he showed a few years ago.
2: Okay, and then in terms of Saints under Manuel Pellegrino, Mm. not bad. Eleventh, seven points off the bottom three. Rumours again that perhaps the collective aren't overly happy with him, who knows. But for Southampton, season in, season out now, they've struggled, haven't they, to have someone
8: that's a a really assertive manager who... Is going to be there. We can guarantee for the long haul. Well, what's their identity? I think that's the problem at the moment. What, what sort of team are they? We don't. We don't really know. Um, he hasn't. Certainly hasn't stamped his mark. Um, they, as I said, they play really confident possession football. Knock it around. You know, short passes are, are lovely. But but are they really strong at the back? No, not anymore. Uh, are they? Are they quick and dangerous up top? Not especially. And in central midfield, I think you've got Romeo who, who breaks up play really nicely. He's, he's an underrated player, but I just think they've got a lot of good players, but not very many game changers in the lineup. And I think that's the difference for Southampton this year.
2: Okay, Clark, you so to finish, first of all, if you're Arsenal, how do you approach this one tactically and personnel wise? What do you do?
8: Well, <laughs> I don't think i would be changing too much. I think the performance against Manchester United was by and large really strong. Obviously, there's injury to Mustafi potentially that, that might force a change at the back. Um, I, no, I think it's do what they did at Burnley. You know, it, it just grind, grind it out defensively, be resilient um, and, and play your football. I don't, I don't see anything to be frightened of with the Saints this year. It's, it's one of those games where if Arsenal play at a good tempo, they should win the game.
2: OK, and in your big black managerial trench coat <laughs> on this cold Monday morn, what is your five seconds team talk if you are about to uh, lead the Gunners out against the Saints?
8: Hits your shots low and early. Fraser Forster is very slow getting down. And let's go in with a clean sheet mentality. Oh,
2: I see a gleam in the eye from Adrian Clark as well. That gleam in the eye can only mean one thing. Brain of Arsenal. So, Brain of Arsenal, back upon us. Delighted to say that the Arsenal Weekly Podcast editor, Liam Roberts, is here in the studio. Liam, watching us intently there as ever, which is always off-putting, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was trying
9: to work out, so so your handicap this week is you've got a bad calf. Yes. Clark, your handicap is just not very good at answering questions. <laughs> no.
8: And he's cold, <laughs> don't forget he's cold. And he's cold, yeah. yeah. I've got a bit of a sniffle,
9: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, last week, Russ broke the... Uh, the thr- Almost broke the... Uh, Oh, I'm just going to start that again. I, could you. I forgot what happened last oh, week. That was, good. It was a really good Yeah, no, I that thought, yeah. Right, I'll you just bring it Keep the bands. Yeah, keep <laughs> the so, so last week, Adrian almost broke the curse of the three-week challenge. You got... Two out that four, was didn't it you? Is. So it was, it was a really good performance. But Russ, you came back four out of four.
2: Needed after a horror show. Much
8: needed. He approached it with the eye of the tiger, didn't he? He was, he was very focused last so week.
9: So pressure's back on Adrian this week. So yeah. um, last week you deferred to Russ to go first. So, Russ, yeah. Do you want to go first or second? Or I'll
2: something? get it out the way. I'll try and try and lead from the front. Okay. I'll do so. the opposite to Joe Root and not win the <laughs> toss
9: and decide to bowl. <laughs> Over my head. <laughs> <laughs> it's, criss- it's not yeah. baseball. Cricket, sorry. Is it? sorry yeah, it's cricket. So, uh, week two for you, Russ. The Arsenal 2007 2008 season. Your four questions start now. Can you name three of our five sign ins at the start of that season? Oh, this is a good one. Okay. Lucas Fabianski. Correct.
2: Lasana Diara. Correct. And. Uh, now, let me get this right. I'm trying to think who came in and out. Ah, Eduardo. Correct, yeah. He
8: could also have had Baffery Sanya. Yeah. yeah. Or oh.
9: Harvard Norfed. Yeah, who went on to play quite badly for West Ham. <laughs> <laughs> Take your word for that. <laughs> <laughs> Question two um, What were the scores in both North London derbies? 2 1. Yep. And.
2: I'm not sure. I'm torn between 2-1 again and 2-0. Uh, I'm
9: going to say right over there. 2-1 again. It's 3-1. No, 3-1 and 2-1. Um, Almost. Question three. Who finished above us in Group H at the Champions League? Sevilla. Correct. I have question for how many players reached double figures in goals in all competitions for Arsenal. It's a good question. So definitely added by Orx, who's was a top scorer. Yep. Uh,
2: even though he had quite a few injuries, Van Persie I still think hit double figures. So that's two. I don't think Theo quite did, but Eduardo I think did before his injury. That would be. Three. Come on, spit it out. Oh, no, it's a difficult question. Would there be one more? Mm. I scored quite a few, but I think he got to double figures.
9: Oh. Benton scored quite a few goals that season. Oh, God, I'm going to say four. It was three.
7: Oh! But you had,
9: you, like, your working was wrong. It was actually Adebayo, Fabregas and Eduardo. Van Persie hit nine.
2: Two out of four, still respectable. Mm. For Not too ahead. bad, yeah.
9: Pretty close. Pretty close. All that pontificate, huh? yeah. eh? Far away. Yeah. It's right. going to be a, a two hour podcast this week, just for Margaret's <laughs> <some obvious> answers. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Adrian, remind us what's your. Uh, uh, I'm gone for the um,
8: Arsenal's uh, Magical 1993 League Cup and FA Cup campaigns.
9: And so your four questions start now. Um, what was the aggregate score in the semi final win over Crystal Palace in the Coca Cola Cup? good question. To Quite tough. You only had to remember a few scores. Yeah,
8: yeah, 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 yeah. I, 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 I think 3-1 and 2-0, so 5-1. Correct.
9: Question two, how many London teams did we beat to win both trophies? Oh, that's that's a bit of a mean one. Um, Again, you've only got to remember... <laughs> it's a niche question field, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You've got, like, eight games to remember, haven't you? Millwall. I've got, like, 50-odd.
8: Millwall. Millwall. In the League Cup, um, what's in the League Cup, oh, I'm, I'm under pressure now. Did we just say Crystal Palace. That's me. Palace. It's two. Um, in the FA Cup. Just, you just, just, I it, yeah, I never. No, come on, I've got. I've got a picture of these games in my head here. I get a coffee. Um, Leeds, so uh, Spurs. We beat in the semi-final. Clearly, three,
9: I think three. Correct. <laughs> Question three. Which teams did we beat in both competitions?
8: Ah, uh, What, the same team? The same team in yep. both the Cups. Nottingham, Forest.
9: What? Is that your answer? What? You're not
8: talking about the finals, are you? Yeah,
9: because that's in both competitions.
8: <laughs> Explain the question again, sorry. So, we beat two teams yeah. in both the Cups. Yes. Oh, I see what you're saying. So, uh, we, we beat Sheffield Wednesday in, in both finals yeah. and we beat Nottingham Forest uh, en route to both finals. Yeah. So, too. Ste- so I think you so steered so <laughs> didn't I didn't understand the I in the chair <laughs> there. I'm not <didn't> taking his first answer.
9: <laughs> well, you didn't give me a number. I asked for a number. Earlier, so. And question four, can you name all the scorers in the FA Cup final? All the goalscorers? Oh, in the FA Cup
8: final, right. Uh, Ian Wright scored in the first match... <laughs> And so did... uh Ooh. Hurst. Hurst. Um, and then in the replay, uh, John Hark scored for Sheffield Wednesday and
9: then... No, no, so Name all the goal scorers in the FA Cup final. Oh, in the FA... <laughs> oh, goodness <laughs> me. I'm, I'm all okay, over them. You should have Sorry. just let him bumble on and then the
8: said F... no. In the FA Cup final. He looks tired. <laughs> the FA Cup final went to two games. That's yeah. what I'm talking about. OK. Yeah. So... It was Ian Wright scored yeah. in the first match, as did Hurst. And in the replay, Hark scored. Um and Um Wright and Linigan scored.
9: Oh, David Hurst, Ian Wright, Chris Waddle and Andy Linigan. <sighs> Junk Hart scored in the League ah. Cup final.
2: Great sounds from both of us really. <laughs> <isn't that? Yeah.
9: laughs> three out of four, you still won. Um, so yeah, tight one this week. But Yeah, uh, yeah. no, tough no, questions real gl- you know, right, no, no. Hierarchy goes on to week three. two. Yeah. <laughs> For us, we need a new subject from you. This has gone on so long. <laughs> I think it's Tuesday now. <laughs> I will
2: go, why not? Let's just keep ticking along. I will go to 2008 to 9 Arsenal season. I've already had a couple of hints from Clarkey with one of his questions about Ronaldo earlier, so we'll go with that one. Okay. okay see you, can you, ne- for see the you next weekend. week,
9: which is only two days
8: away now.
2: Prepare for the weekend, and when are you next? I've off? got
8: no idea. I've no idea when I'm next. <laughs>
2: The final word. Well, the final word this week is a historical anniversary. On this day, way back in 1909, we played Tottenham in the very first North London derby and beat our neighbours 1 0. Well, that's full time on this week's show. Our thanks to Joe Montemiro, to Dan Roebuck, and of course to Adrian Clark for their contributions today. We'd like to know how we're doing on the podcast, so please leave us a rating and review on iTunes. You can subscribe as well and find us on Acast. Remember, too, to get your questions in for Clarky at the chalkboard on Twitter, and that's by using the hashtag Arsenal Weekly. We're back on Monday, the 11th of December, and don't forget the latest Arsenal Weekly podcast, Stories, is currently available. That's when we hear about the life and times of the Invincible.